This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. What's up, guys? Brendan Boylan here, host of the Houdat Discussion. You can follow all of my other New Orleans Saints work over at the Saints News Network on si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints. It's been an interesting week for the New Orleans Saints. They've been in the news what seems like every day since their loss to the Falcons on Sunday. So we're going to chat a little bit Saints-Falcons. We're going to chat about this injury bug that keeps hitting uh, the black and gold. We're going to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. He made his decision today, the time that we're recording, on Thursday night. And, of course, the Saints have a big matchup against a AFC contender in the Tennessee Titans coming up this weekend. So we'll talk about that. I have Joe McGuan with me. He's with Saints News Network as an intern formerly. He's now a baseball scout, just spent his summer in the Cape Cod, and he's trying to make his decision on his future in Major League Baseball scouting. So we're excited to have him, and we will have Joe joining us right after the intro. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who That Discussion. Who that? Who that? Powered by Overtime Media. All right, guys, like I said, it's been a busy week for the New Orleans Saints. Lots of news, lots of different places. I have my buddy Joe McGuan joining us from California. Joe, I know myself and a lot of the country, maybe outside of New Orleans. New Orleans is probably still warm, but we're jealous because I know it's still beautiful out there for you guys. Uh, I know that you're really looking forward to what's to come uh, with you in Major League Baseball now that the World Series is over. Uh, you know that I was in Atlanta for the NLCS. and uh, It was crazy down there. And I, I know some people that were down there for the World Series. They had a good time. Uh, so before we jump into football, quick thoughts on the baseball season and uh, what, what seemed like a really magical year for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, Brendan, uh, as, uh, like always, it's always good being on here to talk to chat football, anything with you generally. Um, yeah, I could say that uh, my prediction was kind of wrong. I think we were on here last time and um, I uh, guessed, I, I think, I think my uh, guess was um, Tampa Bay and Houston or no Tampa Bay and uh, wow, drawing a blank here. I can't even guess that. I mean, I can't even remember my guess. That's how bad it was, but I did not pick the Braves and I'm glad they won, you know, it reminded me of the 2019 Washington Nationals um, and couldn't be more excited for them. Couldn't be more excited for Freddie Freeman, the man that deserves a ring. Glad he got it. Glad the Braves won. But yeah, uh, I remember we spoke about the NLCS game that, or NLDS game that you were at against the Dodgers um, and it was a clinching game. How was that? You know, I heard, heard great things. I've obviously watched on TV, but I mean, you got to experience it firsthand. Yeah, being able to, to to watch the Braves win the pennant for the first time in 20-something years. And this is going from a Mets fan, by the way. Um, but, <laughs> but growing up in, in, in Georgia and spending a lot of time down there, I mean, obviously, and even me even being in Charlotte now, 
the Braves are the, the southeastern region team. I mean, even all the way out to Louisiana uh, with some of these Saints fans, you know that they were rooting for the Atlanta Braves as well. So it was really neat to be down there. Uh, I know a lot of people saw on, on the broadcasts, especially in the World Series, the battery. Uh, people were just piled out there just to be close to the stadium to see it all happen. So to be there to see them uh, clinch the National League and win the pennant was was definitely a once-in-a-lifetime type of a thing. I was glad I was able to go and take a good uh, longtime friend of mine, Travis Roebuck, down there. Uh, so Travis and I had a good time. Um, we were able to kind of take that in, say we got to see something that we might never be able to say that we've seen in person again. But uh, enough baseball. Let's talk the New Orleans Saints. Last weekend was not a fun weekend for New Orleans Saints fans. Uh, and it reminded me a little bit more of the Saints that we're used to seeing over the last 15 years. And, and what I mean by that is the way the game ended, right? The Saints have a miraculous comeback from 18 points down to take the lead uh, with one minute and one second left after just what was a dismal offensive performance. You had five penalties, five drops, and five completions at halftime. I mean, that's not a that's not a formula for winning football games. and by the, the grace of God, by miracles, by it just being the Saints. Uh, they come back and, and Trevor Simeon hits Kenny Stills for a touchdown, like I said, to go up with a one minute, one second left. And then uh, Matt Ryan, Cordero Patterson, thorn in the side of the Saints, connect on 60 plus yards on a catch and run that puts the Falcons in field goal position. And you know as well as I do that a Pro Bowl kicker, uh, the caliber of Young Way Koo, He's not going to miss from under 30 yards, especially when the game's on the line. So Youngway Koo kicks the Falcons through. But, you know, first game without Jameis Winston as the starter this season, and I think it's fair to say some of the problems and things that we saw offensively against the Falcons were some problems that were even there when Jameis Winston uh, was the starting quarterback. But drops don't help. The fact that the Saints kind of stopped running the ball didn't help. Uh, we have some reason for that now, and we'll get to that when we talk about the injuries. Uh, but just a quick assessment from you, Joe, on what kind of went wrong against Atlanta. And uh, is Trevor Simeon the guy moving forward, or would you be surprised to see a little bit of a change here and have Taysom Hill running the show uh, against Tennessee or at, really at any point throughout the rest of the regular season? Yeah, um, it was a frustrating game to watch, to say the least. Um, I think ultimately the stuff that went wrong was the offense. Uh, those offensive drops um, in the first half just weren't helping the Saints out in any way, shape, or form. Um, they struggled to move the ball. As you saw, they were shut out at half. Um, just a poor performance overall um, um, throughout the whole game. Um, I like Trevor Simeon moving forward. Um, you know, I, well, I, let's say this. I haven't seen enough of Trevor Simeon moving forward, and I wouldn't be surprised if he plays uh, the whole Tennessee game and maybe and Sean can make a determination after this game coming up. But going back to the Falcons game, it was just poor performance on both sides of the ball. The Saints seem all, to always uh, perform well against really good teams and then perform poorly against not-so-great, uh, not-so-good teams, as you saw with Atlanta. Um, and, you know, in old Saints fashion, um, you know, I was fingers crossed at the end of the, uh, that one minute with one second left to go on the clock and Matt Ryan got the football. 
you know, you don't really think Matt Ryan's going to go do that, but fingers crossed that the old saints weren't coming and that's what it turned to. And, you know, we ultimately lost the football game, but you know, that game wasn't lost on uh, just that play, you know, we could have, you know, played better throughout the whole game to avoid that scenario. So I'm excited. As, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to an extent, you know, I'm, I would like to see how the offense turns out this week against uh, Tennessee, but yeah, uh, I'm not sure what, um, Champagne has a big decision coming with Trevor Simeon. And, you know, like I said, we haven't seen enough of him to make that determination, to be honest. That's Joe McGuan, former Saints News Network intern, and he's soon to be a Major League Baseball scout. He's got a lot of things to mull over. Uh, but, Joe, sticking right there with Taysom Hill, I think uh, this is a perfect transition to our next topic, which is injuries for the New Orleans Saints. I do not believe Taysom is going to start for New Orleans against Tennessee or any time in the near future because an interesting name popped up on the injury report the last two days, Wednesday and Thursday, uh, and that's Alvin Kamara, who has not practiced. He has a mild knee sprain. He was seen in the blue tent uh, against Atlanta but was able to finish the game out. I would say after two days of not practicing, there's a high reasonable doubt that he's not going to play against Tennessee, which leaves you with Mark Ingram as your probable starter against Tennessee, and then a guy like Ty Montgomery who's going to come in and play a little bit more of that Alvin Kamara role. But I think the importance of having Taysom and a high dosage of Taysom Hill in that gadget role is going to be extremely important for the Saints moving forward, especially if Kamara is to miss more than just one week. Because if you're able to do that and you're able, I don't want to say run a two quarterback system, but if you're able to do something along the lines where the defense has to stay on their heels because they don't know if it's going to be Simeon, they don't know if it's going to be Hill, they don't know who's going to get the ball. I think that's going to benefit the Saints, especially a team that has struggled mightily offensively throughout the year. But the injury bug didn't just hit the offense, Joe. Uh, the injury bug really hit the defense with Peyton Turner getting moved to IR today and via Twitter. It was C.J. Gardner-Johnson who posted a picture of himself in a Brandon Ingram, New Orleans Pelicans jersey, to support the local basketball team, though they are mightily struggling. That's a different topic for a different day. <laughs> but Gardner-Johnson in a walking boot on his right foot. He has a right broken toe. And also, Mike Kamara has not practiced this week for the New Orleans Saints. He's expected to miss Sunday's action and I think this season and even some of last season showed how invaluable C.J. Gardner-Johnson is to this defense but you lose him you lose one of your pass rushing threats in Peyton Turner and it just seems like him and Davenport cannot stay healthy at the same time obviously last week was the first week they were both healthy and on the field at the same time so all the rumors and speculation from Saints Twitter that they may actually be the same person has now been put to rest uh, but with all that being said, Joe, this is a team that without wide receiver one for the entire season, without kicker number one for the entire season, now without quarterback one for the rest of the season, without running back one for potentially this week and a few weeks to follow, injury on the offensive line without left guard number one, a pro bowler. The Saints were without wide receiver two for points of the season. I, I think I don't think I have to keep going for Saints fans and, and you, Joe, to understand the trend that we're seeing here is the Saints have had no favors 
in terms of the injury bug. It has bitten every level of this team, uh, from offense to defense to starters to role players to backups. And with all of that, and I've talked about it in many pieces I've written for Saints News Network, the amount of adversity that the New Orleans Saints have faced this year is second to none. And I think if there's, let's say all 30 teams got hit with the same adversity New Orleans got hit with, it would be a very small number that would have a winning record, let alone a team that would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. Now, New Orleans has an absolute gauntlet coming up. You have Tennessee, you have Philadelphia, which I know isn't the greatest team, but you just said, Joe, against teams that the Saints should probably beat on paper for whatever reason they've struggled over the last few years. You have Dallas on Thanksgiving, and Dallas, though they give up a lot of points, I think Dallas could easily be a team that contends for the NFC title. Uh, And then you have the Bills. That's not an easy four-game stretch, especially without potentially your star running back. Potentially, who I think, outside of Demario Davis, is the heartbeat of that defense in C.J. Gardner-Johnson. How do you see the Saints counteracting this injury bug and moving forward? How do you see the Saints over the next four weeks? Because this isn't easy. No, it's not easy at all. Um, Great teams find ways to win, though. Um, And the Saints have proven to be that. You know, five wins throughout the season so far. Um, Should have been six um, from last week. But, yeah, that's something you never want to see. You could make the argument that it should be seven, uh, especially that game that dropped to the Giants earlier this year. Yeah, it could make the argument it could be seven. We've had favorable matchups. You know, we've matched up well. Our defense has been playing well, but it's just, you know, uh, it's uh, just, you know, last minute losses are hurting us. But, you know, to say the least, um, you know, you never want to see Alvin Kamara on the injury report to add to everything that's going on with the Saints. Um, but, yeah, they're going to have to find a way to win. They're going to have to find ways to um, defense has to hold up tight Why the offense, you know, finds ways to move the ball. And, and, I mean, I'm hoping, knock on wood here, that Alvin Kamara is back within, you know, I would say maybe keep him out this week, let him rest up, and if he's good to go, um, you know, we'd like to see him back the following week, but uh, you don't want to prevent – I mean, you don't want to, you know, give um, – you don't want to make the injury worse. So um, I would just say they need to find the ways to win. They need to, uh, The offense needs to move the ball, and like you said, Taysom Hill is going to have to be involved heavily, heavily, heavily in his gadget role, and that's something that we're probably going to go see – that we're probably going to see Sunday against Tennessee, um, especially without Alvin Kamara. Um, and then defense side of ball, the defense of side of the defensive side of the ball, uh, CJ Gardner Johnson is a big loss for us. I don't know the timetable on a broken toe. All I can say is I hope it's sooner than later. Um, Peyton Turner going on IR is not ideal either. Um, Cam Jordan is going to have his work cut out for him the next couple games. And just everybody on the defensive generally, uh, generally, uh, Demario Davis is going to have his work cut out for him as, as well as Quan Alexander. So we're going to have to see a lot of du- a lot of dudes step up. So next man up mentality, and the Saints just need to find ways to win, whether it's by three points, ten points, seventeen points, whatever they need to do. And like you said, not favorable matchups moving forward. You know, you mentioned that Bills game on Thanksgiving, and you know that's something that you know the world wants to see—a great matchup between two great teams. Uh, Thanksgiving night, 
Josh Allen now versus Trevor Simeon should have been Jameis Winston, but you know, nothing you could do there. So great teams find a way to win. And, you know, hopefully the saints can, you know, out of this gauntlet coming up, you know, hopefully find a winner. Uh, hopefully at worst two wins would, would be great for us. So it's going to be interesting moving forward. A couple names to watch uh, as players replace uh, due to the injury bug. Marcus Davenport's had a fantastic year when he's been on the field for New Orleans. He'll certainly be picking up the slack that Peyton Turner leaves behind. Look for a guy like P.J. Williams to slide into a slot to play a similar role uh, to C.J. Gardner-Johnson, just a bigger body, a little bit more physical than a guy like Bradley Roby. Uh, and then, of course, look for Ty Montgomery to slide into a role to play uh, similar to Alvin Kamara, something that we saw last year against the Carolina Panthers in the final week of the regular season. Those are just a couple of names to keep in mind. Well, before we continue and we talk about Odell Beckham Jr., before we talk about the Saints and the Titans match up a little bit more closely, we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Joe, we talked about how bad, let's just put it bluntly, how bad the New Orleans Saints offense has been at times this season. Uh, and without Alvin Kamara, it's going to be even tougher to move the football. They've just been stagnant, uh, especially last week against Atlanta. There was a lot of hope this week that New Orleans could get uh, a receiver into the building to kind of take some pressure off of Alvin Kamara, take some pressure off guys like Callaway and Harris uh, and one of those big names that was available was Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, big big petition to bring Odell back to Louisiana obviously a star at LSU uh, put his name on the map while he was a New York Giant who could forget the catch against the Cowboys on 
uh, national television, and then he gets dealt to the Browns. And uh, that was a little bit of a unique situation. If you want, you can go back and listen to my last podcast um, talking about Odell Beckham Jr. Just a little bit. I was on the Black and Gold podcast with Mervyn Walls. You can go check that out uh, on YouTube. We talked about Odell a little bit on that show. But nonetheless, the Saints were in the running for Odell Beckham Jr., supposedly in his final three or four teams. Odell made his decision today, and a team that kind of creeped up out of nowhere uh, was the Los Angeles Rams. He will be joining them on a one-year deal. Uh, But, Joe, when it comes to a guy like Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ, I had mentioned the biggest concern in signing Odell is – This isn't quite like Madden where you just sign a guy and you don't have to worry about the off the field issues or the drama or anything that comes with it. And the New Orleans Saints locker room has been so good uh, over the last half decade. They've been one of the best locker rooms, uh, whether you talk to players, local reporters, even national media reporters have sung the praises of the New Orleans Saints over the last four or five years. I didn't know how it was going to be bringing in a guy like Odell. Not that he's a locker room cancer, but it's a very strong personality, very outspoken personality. I didn't know how that was going to fit in New Orleans. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Uh, But your initial thoughts on Odell choosing to sign with the Rams over the Saints, and it's would you have liked to see Odell join New Orleans if that possibility was truly on the table? Yeah, uh, didn't see the Rams coming into it. I could have told you I saw uh, hundreds of reports in the last couple of days, just browsing Twitter, Instagram, anything that I could see. Um, multiple teams that I saw, I saw where the, uh, the Saints, the Seahawks, um, the Chiefs, the Raiders, um, you know, the list goes on. And I really did not see the Rams coming in and get them, um, coming in, coming in and getting them, him. But, I, you know, it's a, it's a likely, uh, it's a good destination right now. And, you know, he probably saw, you know, he knows some guys on that team. He, they're a winning team as of now. And, um, you know, they have a good coach. They have, they have all of it uh, to offer him. And, you know, I think that's where the Saints, you know, lacked. You know, it sucks that Trevor Simeon is not a huge name guy. And honestly, you know, that's probably one of the bigger reasons why Odell didn't choose to go with the Saints. We are desperate for a wide receiver. I will say that um, the wide receiver room we have now um, isn't living up to what I think Sean Payton wants it to. And uh, I would have liked to see Odell come home to New Orleans, um, one, because it's home, and two, um, you know, uh, like you said, the Saints have a really good locker room, and they've had one of the best for uh, years now. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly if Odell will fit into that, but, you know, it's not hard to – I wouldn't say it's hard to fit in it, but Odell does have a big personality and, you know, it would have been interesting to see. So, um, yeah, of course, I would have liked Odell to come to New Orleans. Um, if Michael Thomas was there, um, it wouldn't have been such a big need for us and, you know, it wouldn't have been something that uh, we were pushing for. But the fact that we were a little thin was, you know, kind of the boiling point to the Saints reaching out to him. And I know they uh, – we're trying to trade from before the de- the deadline and it didn't work out you know obj is not going to be a saint and that's just the way it plays but uh you know congrats to the rams for getting another weapon on their offense it looks like they're going to go all in for the 2021 season to say the least um 
and maybe we see a uh, maybe we see a, um, Odell coming home in the future. But as of now, it's not happening. And uh, like I said, the Saints need to figure out other things now. And uh, you know, hopefully, these receivers that we have on our roster pan out. Marcus Callaway, I would like to see a bigger jump. You know, with him, Traquan Smith, um, only a couple of games back now from injury, but hopefully he starts moving and we start clicking because uh, we need it. We need it desperately. I think it just proves the fact that the New Orleans Saints were so in on getting Odell Beckham Jr. and reports showing that Sean Payton uh, made some personal pitches to Odell. I think it shows how not desperate New Orleans is for a receiver, but perhaps how important it was to get a second receiver this offseason, especially after allowing Emmanuel Sanders to walk. And obviously New Orleans would have loved to keep Sanders in the black and gold, but a lot of that had to do with the cap issues and, and being $100 million over the cap uh, going into the offseason that they weren't able to retain him. But that was one that still gets me today. Saints made plays and got guys at corner, whether that was in the draft with Paulson Adebo or whether that was trading for Bradley Roby early on in the season. They made a move at linebacker, drafting Pete Warner and then re-signing Quan Alexander. I think that's safe to say that those were two of the three biggest positions of need going into this offseason for the New Orleans Saints, but right there with it was wide receiver. And I'd said it throughout the summer, as much as I like Marquez Callaway and what he can bring in the future as an NFL player, it's a lot of pressure to put on a second-year undrafted guy who only had, I believe it was 22 catches as a rookie for less than 300 yards and no touchdowns. It's a lot of pressure to say, hey, we need you to make this jump and be a true wide receiver too. Uh, and then, of course, the reports came out with Michael Thomas, and now he's out for the season. And then to that, that's already a big jump to go from where he was to wide receiver two. Now it's go be wide receiver one. We don't have Traquan Smith either. Huge jump. Yep. And on top of that, you have a guy like Deontay Harris, who's one of the best return men, if not the best return man in football. But to go, hey, yeah, last year we tried to move you into being a wide receiver and we saw you used more, more and more in the offense, but your season was cut short because of injuries and you came back in the playoffs, you get injured. But we're going to need you to jump and be like a number two option. That's a lot to ask of those guys. And I even said it in the offseason, it was a lot to ask before injuries for those guys to make the steps and the jumps that they needed to. So the fact that New Orleans was willing to live with those guys making jumps and trusting Traquan Smith to be the number two target, obviously he got injured as well. There was a lot of risk there and in a, in a risk reward type of philosophy, the saints risked a lot and didn't get the reward because there's no Michael Thomas to be your safety blanket. There is no Traquan Smith or there was no Traquan Smith for a good portion of the season. And now the saints don't have a go-to guy. And obviously Adam Troutman, I don't think a lot of people, a lot of people expected that jump. I expected the jump as well. But just like I said with Marquez Callaway, it's a lot of pressure for a guy who didn't play a whole lot as a rookie to make the jump to be a starter. And though the drops that Troutman had against Atlanta are inexcusable, it's a lot of pressure and it's a big jump. And the Saints lived with those risks, which with everything that's transpired over the last few weeks, though Sean said 
I like our receivers. Or I like the receiving room. I think it further shows that the Saints regret not going and getting another threat as a receiver or as a tight end this offseason. Finally, Joe, before I let you go, I want to talk about the Saints and the Titans matchup on Sunday. Uh, this is a Tennessee Titans team that's playing really good football, even without Derrick Henry. Uh, and how disappointing is that? We had a, we got to circle this matchup and say it's going to be Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara, and you might not get either one of those running backs in this matchup. But Tennessee went and beat a really good L.A. team that we were just talking about that looks like they're going all in. They could easily win the NFC this year. Uh, and Matt Stafford's had a career resurgence. And i got to be careful with that word because I don't think it was a resurgence. I think he just needed to get out of Detroit because – since he was at Georgia, we knew that that guy had a special arm and a special talent, yeah. and they finally got some pieces around the guy. And Cooper Cup's like the number one receiver in football. I don't think it's just because Cooper Cup's a talented guy. I think that Matt Stafford's also helping elevate Cooper Cup. But nonetheless, the Titans go and they beat the Rams without Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill, I think that's fair to say. Ryan Tannehill had a career resurgence over the last few years I think also getting out of Miami helped and you have the best running back in football and that's a, an easy argument to make but he's had a career resurgence then you have Julio Jones AJ Brown you look at this roster Joe and you say yeah, the, the Titans could be a team that comes out of the AFC what do you like so much about the Titans who's a player or two to watch for the Titans in this matchup yeah uh to be honest, some guys just need a different setting to thrive in, as you saw, Matthew Stafford and uh, Ryan Tannehill. But, yeah, like you said, a game without Derrick Henry, I would love to see how the Saints defense, a fully, a fully healthy Saints defense, goes up against Derrick Henry because we've been one of the best run defenses in football. But to say the least, um, you know, I really liked uh, the play of A.J. Brown and them acquiring Julio Jones maybe takes some, um, you know, some – heat off of A.J. Brown on the defensive side. But, you know, I think A.J. Brown is a focal point of the offense as now Derrick Henry is out. Um, and that's going to be – has to be the Saints' main priority. Not to say Julio Jones is not talented, very talented receiver, but, you know, A.J. Brown is young. Julio Jones is a little up there. You know, he still has it. But I think the main priority would be stop A.J. Brown, you know, as well as Julio Jones. But I'm still confident in our run defense to go up against Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols as well as Adrian Peterson, um, you know, but the defense has to hold tight. But, yeah, I would like to see how A.J. Brown plays out for the Titans and, you know, hopefully it's uh, um, on the Saints side of things. So hopefully they can lock him down and step up and hopefully offense can find ways to move the ball. Well, for New Orleans, and you just brought up an excellent point that A.J. Brown might be the focal point, which is crazy because over the last, I don't know, decade, uh, the Saints have seen plenty of Julio Jones and how much of a focal point of an offense he can be in. I would say that Marshawn Lattimore is more likely to shadow A.J. Brown in this game than Julio Jones. However, on the flip side, do you really want Paulson Adebo, a rookie, going up against a savvy vet uh, like Julio Jones? So the Saints are going to have some matchup problems in the secondary. Uh, you mentioned Adrian Peterson, who – uh, has recently signed with Tennessee, has a little bit of gas left in the tank, future Hall of Famer, former New Orleans Saint, uh, though it was just a few weeks. Uh, Peterson could still do a lot, but I think if the Saints can make the Titans one-dimensional, 
and force them to throw the football. Obviously, if they're able to get pressure on Tannehill, it's a whole different ballgame. My concern, though, Joe, comes on the offensive side. Uh, Tennessee, a very underrated defense. New Orleans, more than likely at, without Alvin Kamara. We mentioned the, the problems in the receiving corps. And frankly, we don't even know who the starting quarterback is at this point, though. I think the assumption is that uh, Trevor Simeon is going to get a second consecutive start at quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, what, who's a player on the Saints offense that you're looking towards to, to really step out and potentially even have a breakout game? I know we talked about Taysom Hill, uh, but is there another guy or is Hill really going to be the acceleration pedal to this offense on Sunday? Yeah, if Alvin Kamara definitely misses, I, I'm probably going to stick to Taysom Hill coming out and, you know, having a big game. And we're going to need him to play receiver, uh, uh, quarterback, running back, whatever they need him to play. You know, uh, I think he, it's going to be a big part of the offense of how he moves the ball in the red zone. Um, I do see – I do think we see him a lot in the red zone if the Saints do get there, um, which I think they should. But maybe a – I wouldn't say resurgence but maybe a Mark Ingram a career or Saints resurgence for old time's sake. Maybe we see him, you know, help out the offense a lot um, on the running side of things. I know the Titans going into the Rams game were a little iffy um, on the run, the run defense side of things, but, um, you know, they did well shutting Darrell Henderson down. So we'll see if Mark Ingram can give it a go and see how he does. But yeah, I would have to say we need a, uh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to use Taysom Hill a lot. And I do think he is going to be the, uh, I would say, biggest weapon for the Saints on, on Sunday. Well, remember, Mark Ingram just 20 yards away from Deuce McAllister's all-time career rushing record uh, for the New Orleans Saints. I would uh, expect him to break the record on Sunday against Tennessee. Also remember that Lamar Miller is on the Saints practice squad, a guy that you could see elevated, especially uh, if Alvin Kamara is to miss this week. Well, all right, guys, for myself, you can follow me over on Twitter at BT Boylan. That's B-T-B-O-Y-L-A-N. It's the same for Instagram. Uh, make sure to follow all of my New Orleans Saints work with the Saints News Network over on si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints. And really looking forward to sharing with you guys a brand new documentary. Going to be debuting it in March at least that's the expected release date it's called 94 the year the hogs ran wild is about the 1993-94 Arkansas Razorbacks men's basketball team super excited to work on that with some of the returning crew from the dancing bulldogs as well as Trice High uh, who many know from what has been an excellent and young YouTube career including uh, the true or Last Dance, a uh, documentary he made about Michael Jordan's final NBA season. That's almost at 2 million views on YouTube. So we're super excited to get a chance to work with him. Super excited to be able to share that with you guys. I'll make sure to share some updates. Once again, Joe, so glad you could join us for the Hoodat discussion. And we will see you next time. Right here, same place, same time. As always, find your peace, spread love, practice positivity. And thanks so much for tuning in to the Hoodat Discussion Podcast.